0: Hello everyone, this is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got Power Sweep coming up, going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back into the StewCast. It's a lovely Friday and already went over the Big Ten a little bit from a gambling perspective, but we, we need an expert. So I'm calling in a friend, a guy who's been awesome to this program. You know him from his big time sports show. It's one of the best shows in the country. Every single day, two to six. You can check him out on Odyssey ninety seven won The Ticket, wherever you are. And also now on YouTube on the Valeni with Rico show, that YouTube channel just got started and I'm hooked. It's in my playlist. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button for my big man, the dude Rico Beard. Rico, good to see you, my friend. You too, man. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm 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 just happy we're getting football. I mean, you, you would think New Mexico State. Uh, Nevada is like Alabama, Texas. I mean, that's how I'm treating it. How how are you feeling? how How's
0: your summer been? I'm good, man. I I I, I cannot complain. I can't complain at all. So, um, uh, I mean, I mean, were you were you in makeup right now? Am I gonna get a chance to see your pretty face? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got I got the. Uh, I'll turn it on for you. Got the got the nice little, ah, yeah. Francois, the, the Francois myself, I was telling you a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're a guy, I mean, it's, it's hard. Who's got it better than you when you are so close to our Lord and savior coach Mel Tucker. So, I mean, when you got that going for, I mean, who's got it better than you? I mean,
0: that's, that's just it. (laughs) Um, Let's start off. I didn't. I was about to say we did. I did have a lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, very interesting man. I'll just there, it
1: there. There is a cult out there, and I am one of the followers. And I want real quick before we get into talking football. Does he realize that there is like a large group of people online that just are behind
0: him? Like he he could rob a bank, and we'll 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 lie to the cops for him. I don't think he knows how big it is, but I do think he knows that people follow him and, you know, you know, you see it with the different things, all the stuff that he does on social media, you know, he's got a personal representative that helps him out with stuff. So I think Mel knows, but I don't think he knows how big it is and how much it's growing. But I, but I think he also realizes everything is cute until you start losing. I mean, when when Harbaugh came in, you know, everything that he did at Michigan, they loved until he wasn't winning. And then they hated it. Now maybe they'll start liking it again. But I think of Brady Hoke. You think of everybody when they get to a certain school, they love them, their quirkiness. Lane Kiffin at Tennessee, it didn't last long. But, you know, you got your, it, Nick Saban. If Nick Saban didn't win, he would be this, he would be Belichick in New England. He's not going to be as endeared anymore. Cause they're losing. But when they were winning, he was, he was quirky. He was gruffy. He was weird. So I think Mel knows he's got to win games.
1: Do you think it's kind of, you know, if you look back at when he took over and when he took over D'Antonio left signing day, essentially, he, he got a really tough hand cause he takes over in late February, very early March world shuts down two weeks later goes right like he missed off his whole first year he had built-in excuses and I feel like last year was the plan for this year or maybe next year in terms of natural progression but I think he he overachieved
0: he overachieved some last year as many heartbreaks as Nebraska football had Michigan State had victories where in those 50 50 games and the final couple possessions, Michigan State made the right plays, except for Purdue, and Nebraska didn't. And, you know, they found ways to lose each and every time. So, but he knew. I mean, you saw the way he flipped the roster, how he got rid of, geez, pretty much, I think over 50, 60 D'Antonio players are gone, whether it's through attrition transfer portal or they just quit football but and I think he you know he was nice about it but it's like guys this is a business and I need the best 22 on the field and you guys aren't the best 22 you kind of see how D'Antonio he hit the cruise control in the final few years He, he was more going for the diamonds in the rough rather than going after the big time recruits and you saw Mel Tucker up the ante this year you know, he, he was able to land some like a Jordan Hall, the uh, the uh linebacker out of IMG, the three time captain down there. He committed right there on the spot. I've never seen that. He actually committed at Mel Tucker's house when they were okay. having a barbecue. Okay. Nick
1: Marsh, kid for next year, the
0: 2024 yeah. commit.
1: He came back from a trip to, to Alabama yeah. the very next day. Hey, coach, I'm ready to commit. Wait, uh, I, I think Coach Hawkins was like, are, are are you even sure? Like, this is like a year away. Like, no, yeah, it's
0: and, no, well, he was supposed the very next day, he was supposed to go to the barbecue at the big house at Michigan, canceled that, and said he was gonna go. So, you know, he had the uh the Ferraris, the Lamborghinis, the G Wagons, like he put on a show. He had the photo sessions with recruits wearing the old school gear, and, and like I said, it he didn't get as many players as, as he wanted, but I think he put enough in there that even the guys that he didn't get, he's still in on because it's one thing to promise somebody NIL money. It's another thing for the check to show up in the mailbox. <coughs> Miami. Right. So, yeah, you can promise somebody the world, but come December, I think you're going to see a lot of – uh recruitment free agents out there of guys who were promised a lot of things and they're realizing before they sign their name on a dotted line you know what maybe i want to go with this other coach because what they said they promised me not that much or nothing at all but they were at least they didn't lie to me so you know he's he's really trying to flip that roster go back to your original question he's flipping the roster he's bringing in top recruits he's got the best recruiting class that michigan state's seen in a long time and there's still a lot more people to go can he replicate this success you got to see if the transfer portal because he's used that like aggressively with the defense and bringing in the guys like winderman and, and Brule. you know can he get that going and and um, um amir speed the corner out of georgia uh, they had the, NFL, the the NFL pro day at MSU and, you know, the parents are up there kind of watching their sons go through the training. And I was like, well, who's that young dad over there? Whose kid is he? And they were like, no, that's Amir Speed. That's not anybody's father. He looks like a he's a legit 6'3". And he literally went from Georgia winning the national title. He got injured at Georgia. He didn't play a ton, but I'm sure your listeners know he was, that already. He
1: was starting, if I if I'm correct, he was starting at the beginning of the season. Then uh, some guy named Keely Ringo uh, took over when he got injured, and
0: yeah, yeah. He got injured and he lost his spot, and so he came to Michigan State because he had a relationship with Mel Tucker, and we're going to see how that goes. So I think if the defense can step up and do their job, I think under Peyton Thorne with Reed and Trey Mosley, and I think with the, the running backs that they have coming with uh, Bouchard, uh and the uh, – the, the uh, Berger. Burger, you know, I think Elijah Collins coming back for another season – you got playmakers, you got guys that can get some stuff done. So we'll see. Can they replicate 11 wins? It's possible. Um, but the defense has to help and it can't be the worst passing defense in the big 10.
1: Obviously I think a ton of pub is going to the transfers on the offside offensive side of the ball. And obviously a lot of chats around the defense for, for this team though, uh, my big question Mark is this offensive line. Now I, I, I think the, the starting five is, is okay. Um, it, it's pretty solid. But God help us, what happens if Jarrett Horse goes down again at left tackle? I don't know that we have an answer or enough depth. Uh, yet. Well, that's no, just do it. Do you have a different opinion?
0: There's depth. What you got to realize is they're young. And you haven't seen them before, but there are guys who have been now been in the program for two to maybe three years that kind of got a baptism by fire last season at the end of the year. Like Spencer Brown was a name that I think he's going to be your starting right tackle. You're going to see Horst on the starting left side. You got Baldwin as a transfer coming in from a JC transfer. I think he's going to get some time um I for, uh, i'm drawing Brian
1: green the transfer from washington state
0: um, well i think he's going to be your center uh yeah. the kid from east lansing the, the tackle from east lansing i think he's going to you got guys who have been there before it's just going to take some you haven't seen them before i think next year the offensive line could be a position of strength but i think with this year yeah you know it's still iffy it's 50 50 you maybe you got something or maybe it all falls apart. Last year, you saw that it fell apart. Kenneth Walker the third man he his nickname should have been deodorant because he <laughs> covered up a lot of the funk. A lot of Pe- the I things. I think people didn't forget how bad it was. People, I think people Rico
1: and and correct me if I'm wrong on this. People are going to look back at that season and look what he was running behind. I mean, it's not the 91 Cowboys offensive line uh necessarily. It wasn't Alabama's offensive line with five right. NFL players. Right. I think he led NF or NCAA in yards after being hit in the backfield. Yep. I
0: mean, and it wasn't even close. It's, it's No, it was just crazy. It wasn't, but that's that's what he did. So, yeah, he was able <sighs> He, he, it was almost Barry Sanders like where yep. it was him and he found a lot of the yards. But I think with this O line, like I said, you know, you watch out for guys, Ethan Boyd, he's the name that I was trying to think of from East Lansing. He's a guy that they could probably move around a little bit. You got the Brian green coming in. You, you got people. Now it's, you got to see how well they transition. What did they learn? Did they get bigger? from last year, because last year, a lot of the offensive linemen came in around this time and they weren't ready physically or mentally to play Big Ten football. You've got a now a whole year of eating right, a whole year of strength and conditioning and training that I think it will be better. A lot of people just, it for some reason, they it, it can't click. It's like, well, if you were bad last year, you're gonna be bad this year. It's not necessarily so, these kids, do get, I mean, you occasionally you'll see the photos of, you know, this is what I looked like last year and this is what I look like this year. And you're like, wow, like Jared Horst. my goodness. He looks like an NFL offensive lineman. Like he shred all the all the baby fat is gone. This kid, if you could call him a kid, he's got the NFL body. Now, I don't know if he's gonna play like an NFL player, but they all got that conditioning. So we have to wait and see. I think of all the guys, they, they, they can't sustain a ton of injuries on the O-line, but I think that they can handle enough that I think the backups will come in and, and do a pretty decent job.
1: Uh, that, that's actually going to help me sleep a little bit better tonight. Let's transition a little bit to the junior varsity, who you were talking with today. And a reminder, once again, uh, odyssey.com, won The Ticket. You can rewind. It helps me out at my job. Uh, doing the Lord's work. I get to listen to uh, Valenian and uh, enrico's show also on YouTube. Uh, Five stars on podcast, also out there. You're the host. We'll get to that uh, before we wrap up junior varsity. You guys were talking about it today. You're talking about Michigan. <laughs> okay. That's that's uh, some people call them that what. Okay. So I, I understand there is a ton of questions, but I, I was looking at this schedule the other day. And whoever's playing quarterback, it, it feels like it's kind of like the offense from last year. Then you look at the def- defensively, they I, I don't know that they can replicate last year's production, losing a ton of talent. So you expect a drop-off, but even still, it really feels like outside. The top I'm gonna say Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and maybe half a point to Penn State. This Big Ten is really weak. They got a typical Michigan schedule. Are they not built for at least 10 wins? I mean, it's at least not even a typical
0: Michigan schedule because at least typical Michigan schedule means they play Notre Dame. They have at least one marquee non-conference game. Not only they have Colorado State, they have Hawaii, and they have UConn. We talk about how bad Michigan State's uh, secondary was. They're playing statistically three of the four worst defenses, period, from last year. Hawaii had their coach quit on them. They don't have a full roster of players. I think Hawaii, when I last checked, has 54 players on their team.
1: Yeah, I think That's they the have NFL a total roster. of four returning starters.
0: Right. That's an NFL type of thing. So, geez, they can't sustain any injuries. Th- these are games – I mean, if you're a betting person, I would bet Michigan in the over in all of the games. And Michigan's going to be favored by, like, 30 points in every game. Um, Yeah, the schedule is set up that – they won't know who they are until they probably travel for, I th- I'm not I'm allowed to say it on it. the show, but I think little Tua, Talia Tungavaloa and Maryland could give their defense a scare. Now, it's going to be Michigan's homecoming, and Maryland really hasn't done great on the road. If Maryland's going to beat you, it's probably going to be at home. But, you know, Talia got, better as the year progressed he's getting his um uh rock Kim, the wide receiver is going to be back he got injured during the With iowa jared yeah he he's was huge back. he was out very he early was and now he's going to be back they're going to be but i think playing at iowa is going to be big that's going to be their first true test they really don't have a ton of true tests uh you look at penn state normally when they play penn state it's whoever's at home wins. Now, last year, Michigan went to Penn State and won. Penn State should have won that game. It, I mean, it, it was coaching one-on-one of how bad James Franklin really is, going for not one but two fake field goals. And at the end of the game, Michigan fumbles the ball on their 20, and you couldn't score anything. You didn't get any points from that. You could have put the game away. And then on a crossing route, Michigan take Eric All gets it, and scores a touchdown. But, yeah, right now, probably Michigan State and Ohio State are going to be Michigan's biggest test with the Iowa game on the road because that's the – because the Kinnick at night, tested.
1: crazy things happening. Well, see, I don't Kinnick know if it's, it's going to be
0: at night. That's going to be up to the TV. But now if it's at night, then, yeah, I would heavily – I would pick a, Iowa just to flat out win. If it's during the day, you're looking at a 50-50 game. But for some reason at night, only Penn State could go to Kinnick and win, and I don't know why.
1: Well, uh, didn't they lose that game last year? Like, Clifford goes out. It was an evening game. It blended into that evening.
0: Yeah. It uh, was, but they they were winning until Clifford they, went out the game.
1: That's scary to think. Wow. The, the Big Ten has some putrid quarterbacks. Uh, but again, going to quarterback, McCarthy, McNamara, you were talking about it again a little bit today on the show. If you're if you're making the decisions, what are you doing? Are you riding the hot hand, or are you giving it to the to the young gun? Because there's Drew Henson, Tom Brady, Scott Drysback, Tom Brady kind of situation feels.
0: I mean, but I mean, some of your listeners in, in you know in SEC country, this reminds me of Georgia with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Stetson wasn't a safety se- sexy pick. He was eh, he's okay. But who, I forgot the backup, came from USC. JT Daniels. Yeah, JT Daniels. He's the guy. Oh, we could do so much with him. Yeah, Stetson Bennett just won out and won the national title. Same here. Cade did everything right, did nothing wrong. When you look at what was his biggest mistake that he made, he threw an interception against Ohio State. That was in the final week of the season. I was shocked he threw, uh, threw it. I mean, even in the Michigan State game. For 400 yards, the final interception that he did that that was more of a great play by Charles Brantley than a, a poor thrown poorly thrown ball. He didn't do anything wrong to lose this job, and that's what I don't understand. He beat Ohio State, he beat Iowa, he got you to the college football playoffs, and you could say, well, he looked horrible against Georgia. Hey, newsflash: Georgia did that to a lot of people, so. I don't count that against him, but I mean, so many people are caught up with the glitz and glamor of what J.J. McCarthy can do. And I simply say this, if J.J. McCarthy last year did everything that Kay McNamara did, there would be no debate of who the quarterback should be. Everybody would say, well, it's J.J., you're crazy. Why would we move? But people are so caught up in the backup QB and all the upside. J.J. came in the game. Trick plays, garbage time. Tell me the one game, and we talked about it on the show, Mike brought it up, tell me the one game that J.J. caused Michigan to win. It wasn't one. The Cade, the the Penn State game, that was on Cade. They, They were down, he made the throw to Eric Hall, they go into Happy Valley, and they win a game they probably shouldn't have won. And by them winning that game, sent them to Indianapolis, because if they lose... Ohio State's going there. Michigan State finishes ranked higher, and Michigan may not even make a, a New Year's Day bowl game. That's how important that game was. So, to answer your question, it should be Cade, but I'm in the minority because I make sense. Because this, this should it's, it's like somebody saying, "Well, you know, what about Caden Caden Hauser, the kid from Michigan State? You know, yeah, Peyton Thorne." through for a franchise record, but this kid, up-and-coming kid, play him, like, no. That's Peyton Thorne's job unless he gets hurt. Other than that, this is a dumb conversation. But in Ann Arbor, that's what they believe. And Harbaugh is so afraid one is going to transfer that he, – watch, he's going to play both quarterbacks half the game. For the and first they're going to get games. to Iowa, get in trouble.
1: And... Well, no, because
0: once you get to Iowa – you can't transfer and play. You you lost that year of eligibility. If you leave before the first four games, you can maintain this year in red shirt, go someplace else, learn their system and be ready in the spring to compete for a job. To play
1: devil's advocate though. If I'm a Michigan fan,
0: I'm sitting there saying,
1: okay, we had, uh, uh, I trusted defense the defense I'm and I'd love to get your thoughts on the defense momentarily uh because I think it's more of a question mark but let's say I just I'm trusting the defense oh it's a Michigan defense we're built on defense offensively what you saw is Cade McNamara is a you know game manager he's a guy that's not going to be you know unless it is the worst pass defense in the country he's going to struggle uh we, that's why we're, we got a great run game. We could be unbeatable offensively if we have a guy who can throw it down the field and, and somewhat accurately. And I'm just going to reference that one pass at the end of the Orange Bowl that J.J. made that was on my Twitter feed for like eight
0: weeks. Okay, you mean the one pass that he made in the Orange Bowl against the walk-ons at Georgia. Georgia already had their hats on saying Orange Bowl champions. Their yes. T-shirts were on. All you can see that
1: on. there's a devil. That's the devil's ar- argument there, that I feel like that's the reason now behind it. But I, I don't know if it even matters, because I'd like to hear your thoughts. Is Jim Harbaugh really a, a QB guy? Because the last few years, it seems like that offense is predicated on running first. No, I
0: don't, I don't think he really is. I think he kind of, no pun intended. He lucked into Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was going to go for Harbaugh. I mean, you know, you're looking at Colin Kaepernick and what he did in San Francisco. He got lucky there, but, Look at all the five star quarterbacks that have come through Michigan. No one has done anything from, you know, all the guys that were supposedly going to be Shea Patterson, the transfer, Joe Milton, all of those guys. No one's amounted to do anything. So, no, his track record for QBs, not really that great.
1: I want to uh, wrap it up and wind down before we get into uh, – I got a question on uh, for you on the Five Star Zone podcast. Uh, it, I'm going to exclude Michigan State and Michigan and, and the obvious Ohio State, and I'm going to take Maryland off the board because I, I think you put yourself in a in a timeout from picking Maryland. What's the surprise team in the big time?
0: Purdue. Really? Yeah, Aiden O'Connell may be the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, Purdue's always going to have playmakers on offense. We've, we've seen that year after year. David Bell, like you name it, they just have that guy. Purdue's schedule is also favorable. Purdue does not have to play Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State this year. Okay. They start the year off at home against Penn State, which is a, I think they're just going to flat out beat Penn State at home. So, yeah, they just got to handle their business in the West, and they're going to play the bottom teams in the East. And I do think that this could be the year that Purdue makes it to, to, to Indianapolis.
1: I think they're plus 700 right now if, if the line still stands from earlier in the week. um, Certainly something. Five-star zone podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I know you've been – uh you alluded to it the other day. you still got some stuff you're working on it. Can we expect it back in time for college football week one? Are you going to be well, doing weekly shows?
0: Okay, here's the deal. We're going to keep doing the five-star zone. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to uh, cut something tonight to talk about Michigan State's basketball class at Izzo – just accumulated. You you
1: just hate to see Tom Izzo just cleaning up. I can't wait.
0: Oh, uh, he was he was it was happy. Uh, it was funny. I'm I'm on vacation and I look down at the phone. I'm like Tom Izzo. Like, dude, I, I I'm surprised I had a signal because I was in Mexico and it was like <laughs> a horrible signal. But we somehow managed to make it through a converse like three it took three phone calls for us to finish the conversation because he kept dropping. I kept dropping him. but yeah. Uh, needless to say, I think he's pretty excited about the class. Um, so yeah, we, will do something now. There's going to be a change in the show, but until we make that change, it's going to remain the five star zone and it's going to be business as usual but if we do things the way that I want to do it it's going to become a visual podcast similar to this one where you're going to be able to see this along with some other content uh, some instant reaction and we're looking at bringing in a, a, a I got a couple of guys lined up uh, some prominent a prominent co-hosts uh, national guys that will step in there and get yeah, you know so and we we'll are probably do we're looking at doing 3 a week including one, including one either on Saturday night or Sunday morning, kind of recapping what happened the day before, just off the cuff, not really looking at game tape, just kind of emotion, how you're feeling. This was great. This was horrible type of thing. So that's what we're looking at doing.
1: I love it, man. I hope that, I hope we get that, that thing settled up soon so I can't, we just got to go through some,
0: It's just going through the lawyers and stuff like that right
1: now. Um, Again, 97 won the ticket. Rico Beard, always a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for your time, man.
0: Hey, anytime, Stu. Anytime you Um, need me.
1: Always, man. And, folks, we'll see you next week.
0: College Pick'Em, week zero. We're back. We'll see you next week.